Good morning, everyone. Welcome to another new week. One that feels a little bit different all of a sudden with the promise of changes in the air and not just colder weather coming. The promise of easing restrictions. You can feel it, can't you? The extra little bit of lightness and anticipation. In the spirit of Mother's Day yesterday, I wanted this week's little podcast to be an ode to the hoods. What is that, you might ask? Well, ode to mothers who live out motherhood. But also aunties who embody auntiehood. Ode to women who are spiritual parents who practice spiritual parenthood. In this ode, I recognise and honour that motherhood takes different forms. And while it is sometimes about having a child or children, it is certainly not always There are many forms of being a mother in a spiritual, emotional and physical sense. It embodies the posture of love and care for children and others and the practice of spiritual and emotional mentoring that I see in many women, whether they are women with their own children or not. I even see this emerging in some of the young adolescent women in our community and that just makes my heart very warm. So ode to all you hoods. Not hoods of the streets, but womanhoods, whose mother hearts nurture all of us and our children. We live in a world and culture right now that demands women present themselves as strong and capable and everything in between. As women, this image and belief we internalise and carry deeply. Well, I certainly continue to battle significantly with this in my own life. As a sex, we have taken on and internalised the storying of female empowerment and the perceived incompetence and failures of men, which in every social institution and displayed by our media as one of them have been public and glaring. We know deeply that as women we are important to the sustainability of this earth in ways that are still far from being acknowledged and acted upon. We know we want to have a voice, be present be part of change and collective futures, and to use our freedoms for good. There is so much beauty and good amongst all this. But one of the more toxic ways that we as women allow these cultural currents to shape us is that we normalise carrying the burden of it all. We see ourselves perhaps as having to hold it all together. This might look like many things for me. Sometimes it feels like the cultural trope of having kids plus having meaningful work plus caring for others in our families and communities plus, plus, plus. Plus I can always add to this the insidious pressure of keeping up appearances of health and flourishing along with a house that is clean, along with well-dressed kids and perhaps even a little business venture ticking along the side. And in COVID-19 I've noticed our sourdough even has to look good too like a little litmus test that I am zen with the Rona. Actually, that's a little in-joke because I have been learning how to make sourdough and for all the effort it takes, it is tempting to feel like the loaf that emerges from the oven that would be better used as a doorstop is representative of my failure to provide for my family during social isolation. It is, quite frankly, all exhausting. This is the swift current of the cultural river we swim in. My intention here is not to say that having a business and a family and looking good and making sourdough is wrong or misaligned or that men are incompetent or that being a strong and capable woman is somehow a problem. No, you women and men don't need any more judgment from me. 
But there is an image of another river in the Bible, and it is called the river of God's spirit of life. In Revelation, in John's vision of heaven, he sees a river that flows right through the middle of the city of God, right through the middle of the bustling culture and transforming it with his spirit of life. It reminds me, actually, of a beautiful story in Luke where Jesus personifies this image. He is in another kind of river, a river of people carrying the weight of cultural expectation. And right there, he transforms a woman and gives her his spirit of life. Let me tell you. One of the things I love about Jesus is that again and again, he releases womanhood from the cultural baggage of that time. This story is about a woman that's briefly told in Luke 8, verse 42. She has bled or menstruated for 12 years straight, this woman. In Jewish culture, this makes her perpetually unclean, unable to live in close proximity to others, to have relationship with men or even socialise properly. Think here of 12 years straight of COVID-19 style social isolating, not because of germs, but because spiritually you can't engage in normal cultural life if you're unclean. Can you imagine? Most significantly for a Jew, she's unable to even approach God by going to the temple. She can't worship God or make atonement for her sins per the religious edicts of the day. So she's unable to embody or practice what her culture defines as womanhood. And effectively, she's been a physical, cultural and spiritual outcast for 12 years. In the story, it says that she couldn't be healed. So obviously, she has tried desperately to be rid of this malaise. On this particular day, Jesus is heading to someone's house and he's accompanied by a crowd who just can't keep away from him. They are so drawn to Jesus, but they're crushing him in their enthusiasm of wanting to be near him. In this context, the woman who by law was supposed to be socially isolating pushes through the crowd and desperately tries to touch Jesus, even just his cloak. She has guts, this woman. She has this faith that Jesus can heal her. And he does. As soon as she touches Jesus, she feels instant healing in her body. And Jesus knows it too. With all the people crushing him, he knows he has healed someone. So he stops and asks, who touched me? She actually owns it in front of all those people who I can guarantee would have felt varying levels of distaste right through to disgust that she was even there. I love that she had so much guts. I also love how Jesus treats her. Jesus is a popular religious leader for now. They do turn on him later. And he was also supposed to abide by a prohibitive range of Jewish laws to keep himself clean so he could teach in the temple and so on. This def definitely did not include being near or touching an unclean person like this woman. This would not have been lost on this woman, Jesus or the crowd. But Jesus doesn't treat her as an interruption to his day or his role or his spirituality. Instead, he honours her courage and her faith and he tells her that her desperation for him has released her into healing. And he gives her his blessing of peace. Actually, if you listened last week to the podcast, it reminds me a little bit of Jacob's story of wrestling with God and not letting go until he receives a blessing from God. It feels a little bit the same in this story. This woman has to fight and wrestle with her culture, which is represented in the physical wrestle with the crowd to touch Jesus. Jesus heals her and in doing so, he does so many things for her. He heals her physically. He honours and restores her womanhood by going against all the religiosity of the day. And he does it publicly. 
He sets her free from the social and religious baggage of her world to live in his peace. He transforms her life entirely. It is such a beautiful picture of who Jesus is and his honouring of this woman and womanhood. Today, our personal and cultural wrestles as women look very different than this. Our wrestle might be like a variation of the woman in this story. We feel inadequate, like proper womanhood has evaded us because we don't look or feel or present like the empowered, attractive, coping version of a new mother who still manages to run a whole country like Jacinda Ardern. Or we look over our back fence at our neighbour who looks like she has it all together and we feel deeply that we are not good enough. We won't match up. No matter how hard we try, we just never will. Our womanhood lacks. Or we might feel like a different kind of variation of the woman in the story, that we are also going along with the crushing crowd, that swift cultural river taking us captive to its demands, doing and being what it tells you you should do and be, struggling to stay afloat in the demands to keep up with work, exercise, plus mindful parenting, being mum's taxi, plus cooking for your family, plus looking after your parents or neighbours, having a healthy social life, plus, plus, plus. Actually, that's just the external stuff. That's not even dealing with the waves of stress, anxiety, self-judgment, guilt and exhaustion that do come. And just to be clear, these wrestles are all mine. They have been mine and still are in so many ways in my own life. This week I wrestled with crushing waves of expectation that have felt in very real ways to me overwhelming. This woman's courage and Jesus' invitation to her gives us so much hope. In the cultural current of the crushing crowd, she fixes her eyes on Jesus. I am inadequate, she tells herself, but I'm going to touch him. I shouldn't be here, she says in her mind, but I'm going to get close. I feel crushed, but I'll wrestle till I touch his cloak. I feel unloved. I feel isolated. I feel less than whole. I'm not a real woman, but I'm going to touch him because I need him. Whether it is the woman in this story, or you, or me, our real whole womanhood depends on finding and touching Jesus. When I say touch, I mean connect in relationship. In the swift, sometimes crushing river of our culture, Jesus is there in the middle of the street, waiting. In the middle of your work, waiting. In the middle of your family, waiting. In the middle of your loneliness, waiting. In the middle of your tenth parent fail for the day, waiting. In the middle of your anxiety, of your demands, of your failures, of your needs, of your longings, of your lack. Waiting. Waiting for what? Actually, he's just waiting for you. That's all. Not another offering, not another chunk of your flesh, of your intellect, of your time. Not for your achievements, not for your self-worth or even self-hate. None of it. He's just there for you. You are enough. I encourage you women to reach out and touch Jesus. Like the woman in the story, have the guts to wrestle with your doubts or the crushing voices of your own mind or this culture if you have to, but reach out and touch him and connect with him. Like he did with this woman, he will know when you have because there is nothing, not culture, not religion, not gender, not anything that Jesus will let get in the way of you connecting with him. He will turn in the middle of whatever flows around you, whatever threatens to crush you, and he will acknowledge you. 
draw you close, heal you, give you peace. Just reach out and touch him. It'll be the most profound ode to womanhood you'll ever make. Let's pray. Jesus, being a woman in this culture can be tough. The expectations of others and ourselves can be crushing. Thank you for this woman in the story who, even though her own culture saw her as physically, socially and culturally weak, that you saw the beauty of her faith and longing for you and you restored her very body and spirit in your acknowledgement of her. Thank you that you do the same for us. Jesus, we stop and turn in this relentless river and reach for you. Restore to us our womanhood in your image and give us your peace.